Emergency pod. Charges have been dismissed in one Title IX sexual assault case against former head coach Art Bryles and former athletic director Ian McCaw. Let's talk about it. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen today and every day. This is Locked On Bay, or maybe it's your second listen today because it's a bonus pod. I'm Cam Stewart, and I'm here to talk about just one of my favorite topics, and that's the 2016 sexual assault scandal revolving around the Baylor football team that led to the firing of Coach Art Bryles, Athletic Director Ian McCaw, and the late former university president, Ken Starr. And today, um, some more news coming out in the district court here in Waco that the charges in the uh, Devin Chapin, Dolores Lozano case have been dropped against Ian McCaw and against Art Riles. They have wiped their hands clean of that one. And to be honest with you, it, it's not that much of a surprise. Um, now, let, let's kind of make this whole thing clear. This is one case um, of obviously a, a much broader, a much bigger uh institutional failure at Baylor in, in 2016 or the years leading up to 2016, which led to Art Bryles and Ian McCaw's firing. Uh, there was obviously a lot of other cases uh, that have been, that have been brought up sexual assault um, rape cases against Baylor football players with the institutions knowing um, two of them have been found guilty. And now this is a um, uh, Sean Oakman was found not guilty back in, in 2019. And with this particular case, this does not mean um, that there was no assault. Um, we don't know necessarily all the facts of that case yet. I'll, I'll get more into that in a little bit in a minute. Again, this is former running back Devin Chafin and his then girlfriend, off and on girlfriend, Dolores Lozano. And this is just saying that Ian McCaw and Art Bryles did not show gross negligence in um, the handling of, of this case. And this, like the others, I think, uh, more fall on the university and the institutional failure there. Um, and not necessarily, although there is some blame for some of the other cases on the athletic department and with Art Bryles in particular as the head football coach. So that's kind of the recap. They were, they were in all week. Um, they have been, uh, they have been dismissed of those charges. So they, they will not be, um, they will not be there as the trial continues into next week. Again, Dolores Lozano still trying to uh, prove negligence on behalf of, of Baylor University, and that an assault uh, did happen. Now, that that is a little muddy. You know, from the details that we've heard, um, Devin Chafin, who who was in a deposition earlier this week, said that it was actually Lozano assaulting him uh, after um, um, after she had gotten an abortion, which would have been uh, Chafin's, Chafin's kid. Um, and it sounds like from from his deposition that it was Lozano's mother that forced her to get it. And Lozano was mad that he didn't stand up to her parents. And she had had a bit too much to drink, came to his apartment, made a scene, um, and had actually assaulted him. Um, but she's claiming assault against him. So we don't know how, how that is going to play out. We still don't know all the events of that night. That's just what we hear from um, Chafin's deposition. And it, it's it's another, uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird to call it this, but but a win for the Bryles team. Um, and again, it's not too shocking for me, at least, that that he's found not grossly negligent here. Uh, overall, the overall situation, this is my personal opinion, 
the overall situation and the scandal that happened at Baylor, there is some negligence on Art Bryles' plate, on Ian McCaw's plate, on Ken Starr's plate. Obviously, can't do much about that anymore, uh, but on Baylor as an institution in general. And thankfully, it, from all accounts that we see, Baylor has improved that and has changed that the, the Title IX discourse that they have. Uh, but Art claimed in, in uh, court this week that he didn't know anything about Title IX guidelines. And honestly, I, I'm, I can buy that. Um, there weren't a lot of schools that had big Title IX guidelines. Baylor, I think, was the first one after that to have a full-fledged uh, Title IX office. Um, I think there were some other things that he did wrong in handling these situations. But in terms of this isolated one that we're going to talk about today for the emergency pod, uh, I, I don't think there was enough there to say that uh, Bryles and McCaw were totally negligent. And, and McCaw actually uses the phrase in there, the athletic department is not an investigative body. Partially true. This this is what's, I think, so interesting about not only this case, but the sexual assault scandal in general, is it, there's so much gray to this. And I think, I, I think with me and, and a lot of Baylor fans, we're, we're living in that gray. And what I mean by that is it's not a thousand percent Art Bryles' fault. It's not zero percent Art Bryles' fault. Uh, there are so many players in this, uh, no pun intended, but just in in this whole saga, right? And as we've been able to tell, if you, if you trust the justice system, and I understand if you have some skepticism, it's an imperfect justice system, of course. But if we trust the justice system and what's went on over the last seven years now, um, some of these assaults happened. Some of these assaults Baylor knew about. Some of these assaults the coaches knew about and probably did not go through the proper channels. Some of these, according to the justice system, did not happen or did not hold the weight or did not have the evidence. And, you know, the staff did not know about it or the athletic department didn't know about it. And in this case, this Devin Chafin, uh, Dolores Lozano case, that seems to be the latter. It seems to be, you know, we don't know what happened yet. Uh, that that day in court has not been played out. That will be next week. But in terms of what the athletic department knew and, and how they handled that, it seems from everything we've heard in the depositions and, of course, the, the opinion of the judge in this case that they did not mess this one up, basically. Um, and first off, I, I got to say, I, I've been following with a lot of the local news, um, more so than like an ESPN, and... and I got to give credit where it's due. Um, my former employer, the Baylor Lariat, the student newspaper, which gets a lot of flack, um, has done an excellent job, and, and namely Jenna Fitzgerald, who has been reporting. She has been in the courtroom, uh, detailed, detailed um, accounts of the depositions, of, of what Art said, of what he was questioned on, on what McCaw said. Uh, I highly recommend going to the Lariat for this one, actually. I mean, th this is really detailed. You really get a sense of being in the courtroom, who all the players are that are involved. And it's it's really thorough and, and excellent, I think. Um, and, and more getting away from this particular case, but, but Art Bryles in general, uh, the term scapegoat gets used a lot. Sacrificial lamb uh, being at Baylor, the largest Baptist university in the world. Uh, is he a scapegoat? By definition... By the very definition of the word, yes, Art Bryles is a scapegoat. I don't love saying that because I think the connotation of a scapegoat is 
Jesus, who did nothing wrong, right? But sat on the sword or literally died on the cross for us. Our Bryles is not that. He's not. Um, and, and the football program is not that. He basically falls on the sword uh, to save those around him. Um, and essentially his firing from the board of regents is we don't want you anywhere near our football program. And that's, that's fine. I mean, just because he's not being charged with gross negligence or those cases are being charges are being dismissed against him does not mean there was a bad culture in this football program. It does not mean that he didn't not handle some things very well um, in, in some of these other cases. And it does not mean he should be the football coach at Baylor University. Doesn't mean that at all. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of people that were involved in this who are still working and still working in college football at major college football and are kind of sat on the sword for that one. And he doesn't have a career, uh, at least in the United States. He is coaching in Italy. And that's fine. Uh, trust me, I, I'm not losing any sleep over that. Um, but it definitely seems like you know, from what we've heard in the past, in some of these other cases, there is a lot on the plate of Kendall Bryles, his son and the OC at the time, um, and on Jeff Levy, who was his son-in-law, um, and another assistant coach at the time, now at, at OU, obviously, and Kendall at TCU, and uh, as well as with strength and conditioning coach Kaz Kazadi, who's also now in the same position at TCU under Sonny Dykes. Um, in fact, this Kaz comes up in this story, basically with Art saying, Whenever we would hear something like this, um, it would go, we'd have our punishments in the football program, which was handled by Kaz Kazadi and would include things like going to early workouts or doing some extra sprints or lifting some extra weights and winging a prayer. Those young men will learn a lesson. And that is just crap. That's crap. Again, this is the gray area, right? Anything that happens like this, like an assault, like a rape, that needs to go to the police right away. And for some of these, that is what happened. I, I agree to Ian McCaw's point that at, that at that juncture, it is not on the athletic department to investigate this and to prosecute this. That said, if we are just making guys run wind sprints after hearing these kinds of allegations... That that right there is the problem with the football program or what the problem was at the football program, in the football program. There needs to be suspensions or or you take the, the kind of old school route and let the process play out. That's understandable, too. It's, it's, it's not necessarily what you see in this day and age, um, but it's better than running wind sprints. So... <laughs> Art Bryles, the scapegoat. It feels weird to say because, again, he he's not his hands are not completely clean of this scandal. You know, we, we haven't seen, um, you know, necessarily the results of the Pepper Hamilton report still all these years later. But we have seen some of the texts between him and Kendall and Jeff Levy. And there absolutely were some crimes that the football program knew about based on what we've seen from those texts or at least some wrongdoing that the football program knew about and some that they did try to handle themselves. So he is a scapegoat in that he took the blame for something that was an institutional failure 
um, and a failure within his program and other people in his program. But he is not innocent. He is not he he is not guilty in this case, but he is not an innocent man in all of this. And I've said from kind of the beginning, if if we're doing a blame pie here, uh, a good bit of it goes to the university because these are these are women who um, came to the university after these alleged assaults happened and presented their case and what happened to them and mentioned that it was Baylor football players and then it just seemed to go away and. That's that's a failure. That's a failure in every sense of the word that you cut it up. I don't care who you are the biggest de- uh, defender of. They were failed here. I don't care how much you love Baylor. They failed hard. And this particular one just doesn't happen to be on Art Bryles and Ian McCaw as much as it is on the university. So that's why the charges are dismissed um, from those two. And there are still... Like I kind of mentioned earlier, there is still part of this trial that is left. I mean, we have not proven anything on what on what happened that night, and I believe it was March of of 2016 um, between Devin Chafin and Dolores Lozano. Um, definitely, from what we've seen get out into the public, um, it, it let's just say it seems different from what it was originally portrayed as. Um, certainly, from Devin Chafin's deposition of of what he had or what he said happened. We have not seen Lozano take the stand or heard what, what she has said uh, in this case, in, in terms of the trial. So is Art Bryles innocent in this whole thing? Again, no, I can't stress that enough. He is not innocent, but in this case, I'm not surprised by the, the judge, Robert Pittman, um, dismissing the cases against him and Ian McCaw. <laughs> Recap. Sam Ukwachu. Tevin Elliott, guilty, and heinously so. And in those cases, they were guilty, and the football program, guilty. Sean Oakman found not guilty. That that case, we got a lot in the public eye um, on the evidence in that case, and that was kind of flimsy from the beginning. And this one seems to have the same tone, but we don't have as much of the evidence uh, presented publicly that we did in, in that case. So... That's something to keep an eye on. Again, I, I, I would love to get her on the show, but um, uh, Jenna Fitzgerald for the Baylor Lariat had just such an in-depth uh, look at things. I mean, again, it really feels like you're there in the courtroom um, from hearing from uh, each individual lawyer, hearing from Chafin, hearing from McCaw, hearing from Bryles. Um, it is a fascinating read, a really detailed read. Um, the biggest thing that comes out of this for me is Ghostwriters, man, y'all were exposed. Y'all were exposed big time. Oh, Art talked about that they gets basically cross-referenced, cross-examined uh, about some things he said in his autobiography, which was published in 2015, 2016. Uh, and he said, no, that was with uh, Don Yeager. Because, um, of course, it says written by Art Bryles with Don Yeager. Um, that is a ghostwriter. Um, actually, not technically because his name is on there, but Jaeger wrote the whole thing. And Art said, I don't know what you're talking about because I didn't even read it. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. So ghostwriters are the big losers in this one. Sorry about that. Um, but it, it's just another, bringing this up again, it's a, it's a painful chapter for, for Baylor, for Baylor football, for those of us who were there at, at the time. It was just not a pleasant time to be around Baylor. 
we are not the victims in this. <laughs> Don't get that twisted, but it, it's, it opens up some things when, when, when these come back and people like me who were there, uh, got to talk about it again, but, um, this is, there is some positives here in that, you know, okay, there's one less body in terms of the Baylor athletic department that we love that you as listeners love that didn't totally F this one up, which they did in some others. Um, now again, institutional failure. Absolutely. So we still need to get to the bottom of that, but, um, hopefully there wasn't an assault that take that took place, but again, we don't know. We don't know. So I appreciate y'all listening for this extra, um, pod on a Friday. We are going to revisit this next week. Again, the, the trial will go on next week and we would love to get some people who are in the courtroom on the podcast and kind of do a more in-depth look and, 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 you know, what stood out to them and, and, you know, seeing these people in, in the courtroom, I think is, is a big thing of just, you know, the, the emotion of it all, right. You know, cause we, we get the deposition and we get it all written out and we can learn a lot through that. Uh, but there is something to having that human emotion and, and being in the room. So would love to hear some more about that. But yeah, just to recap, Imacaw, Art Bryles, not guilty or not negligent, I guess is actually the right term in, in, in this case. In fact, before we go, let's let's um, look at what Pittman said there, uh, because I think that's, you know, obviously his opinion is is what um, is what matters here. And he says this case was always about Miss Lozano getting her day in court, um, which which is true, of course. Uh, but that he can't say with any certainty that Ian McCaw and Art Bryles had any gross negligence when it comes to this case. No reasonable jury can conclude that they were grossly negligent is the exact quote. Um, and just reading some of the other quotes here, um, Dolores Lozano's attorney, Sheila Haddock, said, the judge said this has always been about Miss Lozano having her day in court, and we agree. The judge granted Baylor's motion solely on the issues of gross negligence. He denied the remainder of Baylor's no motions and we look to forward to presenting our case to the jury on Monday. So that's, again, reinforcing the point that this is still an active case. This is not over. There will still be people that are getting uh, cross-referenced, cross-examined. God, I keep saying cross-reference. Um, but just in terms of this case, they were not grossly negligent. And then we, we heard from Reed Simpson, who is Art Bryles' lawyer, and he goes all in on this, saying everything that's said about him is, is not true. Um, and Art was apparently uh, pretty emotional, when this was happening and when asked if Friday's ruling would help Riles reputation in the wake of the investigations in 2016 that led to his firing, Simpson said, quote, I hope it helps. So again, I, I, I don't think this wipes away all that happened. I, I don't think Art will, I mean, he'll never coach Baylor, of course, even though some people legitimately want him. Um, I don't think he's going to coach uh, college football uh, again. And uh, the Baylor attorney, Julie Springer, also also spoke, which is what I'm interested to hear about because I think this is what it's going to fall on on Baylor more than these people. I mean, obviously, the intrigue around us sports fans is on Ian McCaw and on Art Bryles. But again, this is a Baylor thing. And she said, quote, there is no question that bad things happened and mistakes were made at Baylor. Baylor accepts and accepted responsibility for those failures. This case is not one of the cases in the investigation's findings. In Dolores Lozano's case, Baylor got it right. That is interesting because the attorney is right. Baylor has accepted responsibility for some of these. It doesn't cover up how they failed at the beginning or cover up the cover up of how they failed at the beginning, if you will. But 
they seem they are they are not accepting this one. They they are fighting this one. And it's going to be really interesting to hear next week about, you know, kind of right after the alleged assault happened, what channels they went through. Um, so that's that's going to do it for today's Locked On Baylor. Thank you so much for uh, making it your first listen today and every day. We're going to have uh, we're going to talk about football tomorrow. We're going to do the post game for Baylor Cincinnati, um, as well as probably break that game down on Monday. And then hopefully, I'd love to hear at the beginning of next week if we can get more in de- in depth onto this case a little bit. Uh, just so that you guys aren't just seeing the memes on Facebook or the memes on Twitter and just, you know, second and third hand things. I'd love to talk to people in the courtroom rather than just me sprouting what I've heard or what I've read in these stories, but just hopefully trying to give a bigger picture to this, give it, give a better idea of what's going on and um, how this will shape how we view all that came out in, in 2016. Again, still I've obviously assaults and rapes that did happen and that they were failed in, but this one remains to be uh, proven and and could change how we kind of view some of this. So again, thank you for making it your listen today. I'm going to get out of here. It's a Friday. It's Friday afternoon. I'd, I'd love to just move on to some other things, but wanted to make sure that y'all get the full picture of that. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.